After the service, old Dulcie found that she didn't want to stay long at the gathering in Parliament's chamber across Temple Yard. Talk had broken into chorus as they all streamed out. Conversation swelled. The dwarf was being waved off in a splendid car, tossing his hat to the crowd like a hero. Streams of guests were passing up the steps of Inner Temple Hall and towards the Champagne. Dulcie clutched Susan's arm. Then, inside the chamber, observed people looking uncertainly at each other before plunging. She watched them watching each other furtively from a distance. She examined and recognised the degrees of enthusiasm as they asked a name. She saw some things that had worried her lately, and so much going on besides that she seemed to be seeing for the first time or analysing for the first time, though she knew that it was every day as habitual as looking at the clock or holding out a hand. Yet whatever did it mean? She was sure that she knew any number of the looming, talkative, exclaiming faces, if she could only brush away the threads and lines that now veiled them, and the curious, papery, dried-out skin. "'I'm afraid it was all our cigarettes,' she said to someone passing by in pale pink silk. The woman immediately melted off-stage. Over in a corner, rowdy people seemed to be passing around the dwarf's hat, and a cheer went up. Cowboys, she said. It is like a saloon. She moved towards the lovely long windows, hearing everywhere half-familiar voices and names of old friends lamented for being long gone. But they were not long gone to her. Oh, never. Since school days, and just like her mother, Dulcie had kept all her address books and birthday books and a tattered pre-war autograph book. Some of the names, of course, were hazy on the page. Some were firmly crossed out by Susan. But there were always fancy tarts at Wingfield. Susan, do not cross that out. I'll be sending a Christmas card. I must learn this email, she thought. Tomorrow. Susan, could we go home? Susan fetched her mother's coat. Naturally, Dulcie had kept her hat on. It made for a pleasant feathery shadow, but she had a wish that she were of this generation who would have left a hat in the cloakroom and shown that she wasn't going thin on top like most of them. But she didn't quite dare. Her fur coat was expensive and light as wool and smelled of evening in Paris, setting the odd old nostril quivering as she passed. A taxi had been called for Waterloo Station and the train home, and Herman was being hunted down. Large and grave, the boy stood looking towards the Thames across Temple Gardens. Where? he told his grandmother. As I guess you know, they organised the Wars of the Roses. Such lovely lime juice, said Dulcie, and how we missed it in the war. Herman glowered, saying that clearly only Americans were historians now. They have so little of it to learn, said Dulcie. Romantic vista, asked the ex-vice-chancellor, plodding by. Hello, Dulcie, I am Cumberledge. Eddie and I were lads together in Wales. 
Magnificent, said Dulcie. They call it Cumbria now, so affected. Herman, darling, I do think it's time to go. The Thames once stank so much, they had to move out of the house.